Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode on the Behind the Mask podcast, we sit down with YouTube sensation Flimlo Raps. We talk about his path to success from earning a college scholarship to play football at Southern all the way to becoming a YouTube extraordinaire. And last but not least, you will be surprised to hear who his favorite football team is. Hint, hint, I played for one of them. Make sure to subscribe to the Behind the Mask podcast. Also, click the bell to get the notifications on when we drop a new episode. Remember, on the BTM podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Let's go behind the mask. And yes, we are back for another edition of the BTM Podcast. I am your host, TKO Spikes. And I got to bring in my player partner, man, that goes by. Your favorite plus-size model, Tucson Reds, in the building. So you must have did curls today, huh? Yeah, yo, you know curls for the curls, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Getting ready. I know it's October, it's getting late in the year, but, you know, you never know when an impromptu vacation might come up. Yeah, so you got to stay abbed up ready, right? You heard. <laughs> all right, man. So we, we talk about abbed up, and I know you be looking at all those YouTube videos of being abbed up. But our next guest coming on the BTM Podcast show, listen, man, he is YouTube extraordinaire. Ladies and gents, give it up for our dog, Flem Low Raps in the building. What up, bro? That's oh, good, man. Happy good, to be man. here, bro. Yo, man, like this is this this is new for the BTM podcast. This is our first time going outside of like the the actual playing on the field, whether or not you're running track, basketball. Yeah. But yeah. we got a YouTube great Flemlo. Mm. Yes, sir. First time for me too, man. I'm usually doing the I'm doing the interviewing, I'm doing the questioning, so being on the other side of it, it kind of new for me too. But I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. We um, it, it's funny because you know when when two and I we got together, and this is like I'm gonna save this for the next statement that I'm gonna make. When two and I got together, we was like, "Yo, man, what's what's some of the interesting uh, you know articles? What's interesting facts that we know?" So we doing research, and I'm like, "You know what? Bump the research." We just don't find out right now, right here. And and honestly, how we all got together, though, I think is a real cool story I want to share and let everybody know mm-hmm. is we going through YouTube before we even created BTM Podcast, and we happened to see, like, where are they now? Yeah. And and um, and then actually Stan, they sent it to us. And when Stan sent it to us, we were like, Damn, this is pretty good. And so you looked at another one and you saw Michael Vick. And it's like, bro, you was almost like you were there because of your research. But then I found out that it was crazy. I thought you was just in the sporting field. But then, too, when I found out, nah, like you were a YouTuber. Started yeah. out as a gamer and everything. So, like, man, like just kind of share your story of how it all became true into fruition. Man, basically for me, like I played college ball, so I played sports all my life, but 
always actually kind of had this uh this creative side to me and it clashed you know what i mean it clashed a lot so i ended up dropping out of college i got kicked off the football team actually by um the nfl season is in full swing you might not be at the game this year but you can still bet in on the action at bet online i had a great week last week and I cannot wait until this week because the payout is coming. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you the more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. <laughs> the guy that kicked me off actually coaches in the league right now. Your running back coach for the Browns, uh, Stump Mitchell. You know, we kind of got into like a little <laughs> spat. Or whatever. Like, yeah, we got into a spat. And, you know, I was immature at the time, admittedly. Um, and he did some, he said some things. I said some things. Anyway, I got kicked off the team and I decided like at that point, all right, I'm gonna go head first into music because that was my first thing. Always been into like storytelling and um, just coming up. I grew up in Mississippi, black kid. That was really the only way I knew I was familiar with with telling a story. You know what I mean? Just through right. through music. So that's naturally what I gravitated towards. I got a job at a retail store um, on commission sales. I was like, all right, make a little money. That way I could fund my music career. Three months into the thing, I'm the manager. All right. So I go from trying to fund my music career to making a good living running in sales. Stuff. Yeah, running stuff in sales, you know, youngest person in there. And um, I did that for like four or five years. But over that time, like I just, I don't know, man, it kind of like weighed on my spirit, to be honest, because I was selling, like the stuff I was selling, I really wasn't proud of what I did. I put it like that, right? I made money. But I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was contributing anything to society. I'm really just taking away, like I'm like a parasite. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't really look at myself in the mirror. I couldn't rectify it. So I decided I wanted to do something creative. And um, ultimately I decided, you know what? I'm going to start a YouTube channel. So I dropped my first video and it's me doing music because I'm going to document my journey from sales manager to successful musician, Right. Drop a video, quit my job, boom, cold turkey. Now, at this point, I find out my girl is pregnant with our son. So I'm like, damn, I got to go back and get another gotta job. Got to be a man now. Now I got to, exactly. So I, I got responsibilities to take care of. So I go, I get another sales job. But the entire year I was there, I never took my eyes out growing my YouTube channel. So what I do is, you know, sales job, you work 12-hour days. I get up at like 4 a.m., record two or three uh, YouTube videos. I was doing gaming. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Record two or three YouTube videos, go to work. I kind of come up with ideas and stuff while I'm at work because I write like stories for the little characters in the game. I was playing NCAA 14. So when I recruit a player, I give him a whole backstory. You know what I mean? Like, all right, this cat, he, he grew up like this. He had he came from this type of home. He liked this type of stuff. And, you know, I put all of that into it. And I think the audience really, you know, that kind of brought them into the into like this little world we created. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. So I did that for a, about a year. 
Um, just waking up early every day, 4 a.m., get home, 8, 9, I work, and I upload at midnight. That was my thing early on. Did that for about a year and got from zero subs to 5,000. And anybody on YouTube know, if you talk, if you're not selling nothing, then you, you're really not making a full-time income of 5,000 subscribers usually. But what I was doing, man, I was uploading three videos a day and just basically just doing enough so I could make, I could pay my bills. Right. So I went, I quit the second job, you know what I mean? One day I just texted my boss. I cut my hair into a mohawk <laughs> and I was like, I ain't coming back, man. I'm done. Because I, I hate, I really hated the job. He the was whole a rebel. The whole year, the story behind the mohawk is I work in, I always wanted long hair, which you can see now, you know, I got the locks, right? But when I went into sales, I had to cut my hair because, you know, it's a sales job. You got to be clean cut, got to have a fade, X, Y, Z. And I'm the manager. So I had to adhere to like a certain, a certain code, a certain dress code, all of that. So I cut my hair in this mohawk that was clearly unacceptable. Hit my boss up like, yo, I'm done. I'm not coming back. And um, from that point on, I just went head first, man. I went head first into YouTube and... I had to pick up like an Uber job like at some points throughout this thing, but we've seen pretty steady growth ever since then. My son was born right around that same time, and we went from like living in an, an apartment that I'm not proud of. Like we was in this apartment, man. Every like once a week, I could look out my window and see somebody getting arrested, like in my apartment yeah. complex. It was a bad spot, you know, but it's what I could afford. So I just kept grinding, kept grinding, got a slightly better apartment, kept grinding, kept grinding, slightly better apartment, you know, and now we in the house, things are good. You know, things have been good. I've been doing this now for like five years and it's just been up and up and up, like no explosions and growth, just steady, you know what I mean? Slow and steady, um, never really had too many setbacks and just trying to get better, trying to put out better content over the course of that whole thing and really trying to max out my potential as a uh, as a creator you know trying to get everything out of like the talent that i was get, like the little talent that i got i just want to maximize it you know what i'm saying and uh, basically i got this dragon ball z shirt on like this Vegeta on here you can't really see him but <clears throat> this is my dude because just like his philosophy and just trying to become like the ultimate super saiyan like that's kind of how i look at life like what i'm trying to do in my field and you know kind of how that works it ain't necessarily measured by numbers, but by like impact and like the quality of the work that you put out. So that's that's pretty much who I am, that's what I do, and that kind of like the short version of my journey. You know what I'm saying? When how did you get that mentality? Because we, we talk about overcoming adversity, the perseverance, focusing on your passion. That's thing similar to what Spice and I did playing ball. We knew what we mm -hmm. want to do from a young age. You yeah. played ball too, but then you you made a, a smooth 180. And your transition was incredible. Where did you get those lessons from? Was it your upbringing? Was it football? How did you learn those lessons? Man, it, it's funny. It, I think just from, um, I think I kind of got it from a couple of different angles because my passion early on was sports, you know, or, you know, it was one of my passions, but that was the issue. Like to get to the, and y'all, obviously y'all know, to get to the top of sports, you know, you got to be committed. And I was split. Like my focus would be there. And then I'd be like, ah, I want to do music. Ah, I want to write stories. Ah, and it's like, I was just doing, I was trying to do too much and I couldn't focus my attention in any one place. And YouTube 
I think is the desperation because it was like either it was this at that point in my life, right? It was either YouTube or I was going to be working at a sales job forever because I had about a year to make this work or I was going to have to go back to, to sales because I got to take care of my family. You know what I'm saying? So I was completely desperate. My back was up against the wall and I couldn't take no for an answer. Like I couldn't take no L. So that's what got me out the bed every day at 4 a.m. You know what I'm saying? To, to kind of grind that through. Uh, there was a book, man. It's a book I read around that time that kind of that kind of helped me too. Is uh, The Alchemist by uh, Paulo Coelho. Paulo Coelho, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, fiction book, but it paralleled real life. And just, I'm reading it and he's talking about like this, this journey that this guy is going on and like all the pitfalls and how things get the darkest right before they go up. And you can see that happening in the story. So when I got to them dark points in my life, instead of in the past where I probably retreat and be like, oh no, I need to run back to, to safety. I was like, okay, if I just push through this, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's on the other side of this? And every single time I ever had that happen and I pushed through and got to the other side, right. it was always something better for me every single time. So after it worked the first time, you know, you do it the second time, and like yeah. now it's just hardwired, you know? Bro, you to me, it, it all sounds um familiar. Yeah. And like when you talk about like the football, you you, you know, we go back to training camp. And I don't care what school you go to, training camp is a man, it's a mother. Yeah. But like the grind of getting up before work, I read somewhere in an article that was published about you. You used to get up because you had to be at work at 10. You used to get up at 5 a.m. Yeah. to work on your videos. So what is harder when you look at that? Is it harder being able to do that and try to sustain that lifestyle? Or was training camp was the hardest thing uh, from a gruesome and, and, and toll on your body? Man, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. And honestly, I think it depends slightly on your personality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I, for me, the answer is training camp. Training camp is harder, right? And I think the reason it was harder is because like, when I'm doing my own thing, I chose to get up at 5 a.m. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I wanted to sleep in, I could. But when I was doing training camp and coach came and kicked in the door and fired coach, whoever he sent with the, with the bullhorn and wake everybody up, it was involuntary. Exactly. Like, I had no choice in the matter. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, practice right now. And so when you're doing, when you're making your own content, now, some people don't have a discipline to really to work for themselves. That's a different thing. That's why I say I think it's personality-based. But if you got that discipline to work for yourself and you can say, all right, man, today I ain't feeling it. I'm going to pack it in. I'm going to go. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to do something, something physical. And then tomorrow I'll be back. If you could say that and then actually do it, then you'll be good. But in training camp, it's like, all right, if you feeling, if you ain't feeling it today, I mean, sometimes if you got like a, if you a vet, your coach might give you some, some leeway. But generally speaking, for the vast majority of people that play ball, Look, bro, when it's time to go, it's time to go. It don't matter what you feel like. It don't matter what kind of mood you in. Like, it's time to turn this on right now. And your whole day scheduled out. So you better just make it work. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was definitely training camp, man. Training camp was tough. Super I used, tough. I used to – you brought back memories, and I hated that. <laughs> when they would come – it was the strength coach usually would come yep. by, and they would knock on the door or blow the bullhorn. And if you ain't get up there, knock on the door, and I'll be like, what? Like, what do you want? There's no reason to wake me up. But you talked about your little man. 
guess what? It's gonna come a time when they get about 12, 13, and you, you know they're supposed to get up for school. Yeah, you won't be knocking on that door doing the same thing, bro. I did uh, it to my daughter, but what I do, <laughs> I set the alarm clock, the real old school alarm clock. The, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, I set it for like say she's supposed to be up at seven o'clock, seven o five. She's still asleep. I had a alarm clock. I walked right in her room, sneak in the room, <laughs> sit it by her bed, and let it go off right in the air. <laughs> <laughs> but now, nah, man. That, listen, though, I think the dopest part is how you took some of those lessons and and, and you made it still your success to this day. But speaking yeah. of those memories, tell me a memory from your from your your, your YouTube, uh, your interviews, your, your going back in the past. One story that you remember that sticks with you and resonates with you to this day from all your interviews. Um, it's a couple. So. Probably the one that that stick with me the most, well, it's a few, man. Um, I'll say the, the Josh Gordon story. The Josh the Josh Gordon story resonated with me so deep, and I still remember it because when I did that video, and it was this research that was just on the internet. I just I'm looking through articles, I'm watching every interview, I'm doing, I'm just getting information from everywhere I could get it from, and like I found out that he came from a home where you know there was addiction. I found out that. He started, you know, actually experimenting with these different type of uh, these different type of substances, let's say, when he was like in sixth grade. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't know that. Like, all I knew was, yo, stay off Dewey. That's all I knew. So, like, when I saw, like, how he actually got addicted to this stuff when he was a kid and he's still trying to deal with that now, I looked at the situation totally different because I feel like everybody was judging a man. Like he just couldn't just stop smoking marijuana, but I'm like, yo, it was so, his issues was so much deeper than that. But the way it was covered in the media, at least everything I ever saw, it it skipped past like all the other context, and that don't make it right, you know what I'm saying? But I just appreciated having like the extra context, and people was man, I got so many emails, like I get emails a lot, but like that video specifically it was a two parter. I got my my email flooded with people just saying like. I never knew this about him. I never looked at it like that. And you really changed my my perspective on, uh, you know what I mean, on how I look at this person and, like, to not judge the athletes and think that, look, bro, Jack of the Mac will run fast and jump high don't mean that he's not susceptible to every other thing that every other human go through. You know what I'm saying? And right. so that was one that stick out. As far as, like, one of the weirdest stories, man, is two. Um. Kellen Winslow Jr. entire story is yeah. crazy. Like I that, that video got demonetized. I can't even say some of the stuff. But like if you just watch that video, no, I, you I, I remember that, bro. Wow. Yeah. Wow stuff. And then um another one that's a little lighter, you know what I'm saying? Cause that Kellen Winslow stuff is heavy. It's a little lighter, but still weird. Was David Boston, man. David Boston, mm. random fact. One day before practice, this man went and got his nipples pierced. And then went to practice and was like, he demanded nobody touch him because he had just got this done. And, and I was like, yo, this is the weirdest, <laughs> this is the weirdest thing I ever heard. Like I felt crazy even saying it on camera. Like, but you know, yeah, wild that's story. A, that's, a, that's a that's a pause worthy moment, right? There. <laughs> Dude, like, I'm I'm typing this up, and like when I typed it, I was like, yeah, whatever. But when I had to say it on camera, I was like, yo, I don't even feel like saying this, bro. I think I said it. I left it in the video with my reaction afterward. Was just like, I can't believe this man even got me saying this on camera right now. 
<laughs> but you know, this is my finding my research, and I went, oh, <laughs> I wanted it to be in the video. So boom, here I go. But yeah, it was a wild story. I think you're a great storyteller, and you know, for a lot of people, people look for they look for insight, and, and yeah. that's why I when when we, when we found you, man, we just thought it was like so compelling, bro. Like because to be able to tell a story that sounds like you were first person there, but you actually you were not, and to nail it on everyone, like that's commendable, man. And thank you. And and just looking forward now, like what keeps you going uh, when you tell these stories? How do you pick out certain guys to be able to highlight? I think I think what keeps me going is um, honestly, I don't even it's not me saying that what I do is like better than what nobody else do, but it's different. Like, I feel like the way I approach a story, probably because of my, my background, my upbringing and all of that stuff. And I'm I'm just a very empathetic person just by nature anyway. So I think that helps a lot. I think it kind of fills a void that's not there because what we normally get with athletes is a lot of time in the coverage is catchers getting torn down, getting disrespected, you know what I'm saying, as people. And we only want to talk about them as athletes. And then every time they make a mistake, oh, they're wasting talent or an idiot or they this, instead of like, let's get, let's get the context, you feel me? It don't make what they're doing right. And I always make sure I say that, like, Okay, what he did right here was, was dumb. Let's give the context as to how he got into this position, though. And let's think about all the dumb stuff that we've done. You feel what I'm saying? So I feel like that's that's kind of like what guides me and what kind of keep me going as far as uh as far as the videos, as far as who I choose, it can honestly be random, man. When I started, like my first 20 what happened to videos was all um just a request. It was whatever the top comment was in the comment section. And then over time. I just kind of start. Sometimes I just I feel like talking about. Like I just did a, a video on Dak Prescott. I just I, I saw him get injured. It struck a chord with me, and I wanted to talk about it. So I made a video, yeah. and then so I do it like that. Sometimes it's a person that's highly requested. Sometimes something happened in the news that bring the person up, and so it's current again. Uh, sometimes, like I did a video on Bob Sanders not too long ago. I just remember, like for me growing up watching football with my dad, like it's players tough. that was impactful, yeah. and like people don't today don't really talk about or don't remember and i'll be like let me just you know what I'm saying? let me shine some light on this and so i just go and do it like that so it come about different way and one of the things i think is is dope is you taking this platform that of youtube that people yeah. often go to for various reasons like you said just they want to get something off their chest they may be looking to monetize uh whatever they're selling or whatever they got going on yeah um, Tell our people, we're going to go behind the mask. You got to give them some jewels for the people that's aspiring to get on YouTube or to be a gamer or, or to be an okay. artist or something like that. The next film, no raps. How do they go about that process of being successful on you, on that YouTube platform? Okay, so it's uh, it's different ways you can go about it. I can So I can only really say how I did it and be warned. I am a... Uh, what would you call it? I'm kind of an obsessive person, right? I'm one of the people that just care about what I care about, but I care about it. Like I'll talk about what I want to talk about all day. You feel me? So like I get real obsessed about stuff. When I got into YouTube, that's how it was. I watched every single, like I learned how to do YouTube on YouTube. I'd never made a video before. I didn't know how to edit videos. I didn't know nothing about audio uh, equipment, nothing about cameras. I didn't know nothing about storytelling really. So everything I did on YouTube was me 
how to do this. 50 videos pop up. Let's watch them all. You know what I'm saying? And some of them, you'll get good information. You start to hear the same thing over and over. For instance, you need to be consistent. Yeah, you got to have acceptable um, video, but audio quality is probably the most important thing. You know what I'm saying? And then once you get into the nuanced stuff, is you finding whatever field you want to go into, you really need to find a void to fill. It's either be the best ever. Like if you just come in and do what I do, just be better than everybody that's doing videos similar to me. Maybe that's the case. Probably not. You know what I'm saying? Because there's some really talented people that do this stuff. But if you find where you different, which is what I did, instead of competing directly, I kind of found my niche, you know what I'm saying? And what I could offer, what like I could kind of fill this void in this space. And I think that helped. I did the same thing when I was doing my gaming content in the NCAA stuff. Um, at the time, everybody that was doing NCAA football 14, the video game content was doing it like an announcer. So they'll play the game, record it, and then they'll come back and they're kicking off to, you know, like that. I did it live come. So I'm my face on camera. I'm playing the game. When I throw a pick, you see me throw my controller. You know what I'm saying? I did it like that. And then I also put the stories in with the players. So I was just finding ways to separate my content from other content to give people a reason to watch me. And not necessarily not watch another person, but to watch me in addition to this other content because you're getting something different from it. So I think that's probably the thing to keep in mind the most is find what separates you in whatever niche that you want to go into and then lean into that. You know what I'm saying? All right, bro. It's obvious that whatever you decide to do and whatever you put your hands on, you're pretty successful at it. So I want to know. I want to get a little insight, not only for myself, but for everybody who's out there listening. What's next for Flimlo? What's big? What's the next big thing? Like, basically, just expect constant growth. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about actually going back to school, take some writing courses, doing some things like that. I'm just trying to get better at what I do. Like I recently added a second camera angle. I'm trying to get deeper into the stories. And what another thing that I might get into a little bit more is, uh, and I'm going to start that with you, <laughs> is uh, actually sitting down and interviewing and talking to the players directly. To this point, I've mostly just, I'm going off of information that I find on the internet. And I think I always do that, but maybe adding a different piece of content where I'm actually talking to the players directly and getting their insight. You know what I'm saying? We're just making sure my research and everything is good going into it. So we actually get in like similar content to what I already do, but just heightened because you get in a firsthand, you know, man, you get, you getting your firsthand now from the, the horse's mouth, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Nah, but fam, you, so you come in, a ton of athletes. Where are they now? Um, let me ask you, who's your favorite athlete and who's your favorite team in the league? Okay. My favorite team, I go team first because that's, that's easy. My favorite team is the Cincinnati Bengals. Been my uh, team for probably since I was by like ninth grade, eight, ninth grade, something like that. Um, weird story because, again, I'm from Mississippi. So I became a fan of this team because Mississippi, obviously, we don't have no team. So my dad is a Cowboys fan. My uncle who stayed like right next to me was a Dolphins fan. My other uncle, Eagles fan. So every male I know. Not everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Every male I know growing up got their own team. So I think that's just how it go. 
I don't realize till later that when I go to these cities and I kind of move around a little bit that, oh, everybody in, in Louisiana pretty much pulled for the same. I mean, you got a couple yeah. of Dallas fans, a couple, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part. So I didn't even understand that until way late. I didn't know it was weird. <laughs> but I came out, played receiver, and uh, my dad had me watching Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin growing up. And um, when Chad Johnson came in, Chad looked like and sound like one of my cousins. Like, you know what I mean? He had the goals. He had the Southern dialect. So that just brought me into it. And I, I became a fan of Chad, started watching the team. And now you got TJ Hushmanzada. You got Chris Henry, rest in peace. And I get into I get into the Bengals organization like that. And I just never – I stayed down. You know what I'm saying? I stayed loyal. And I just been a fan ever since. So you know this joker here, you know this joker spikes now. Huh? You, yeah, you're I, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Drafted by my squad. You feel me? So L- listen, yeah. man, I I respect anybody who who has withstood the damn ass whoopings and everything. <laughs> it's been tough, man. It's, now, it's tough. been it's been it's, it's been tough. a tough ride for Bengals fans. So I can yeah. appreciate that. But when it when it was good though, it was good. When it was good, it was good. And when it was good, it was good. But yeah, it be, I mean, you talk about a person that lived in Baton Rouge around nothing but Saints fans. And so they successful every year complaining about, you know, making it to like the conference championship or something. Meanwhile, my team over here struck. We just trying not to get the first pick in the draft. You know what I'm saying? So it been, it been a long road, but Whenever we get back to to rep, to relevance, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be – it'll be worth it. You feel Spike, me? Spikes, I don't know if I ever told you this story, man. I actually – people in the hood back, back where I'm from in Southside, Jamaica, Queens, they thought I was a Bengals fan, right? Hmm. I was a Giants fan. But my moms took me to Jamaica Avenue to get – back. remember they had them triple fat gooses? Did you have yeah. those? Yeah. The big, you know, the big puffy coats, so – they didn't have Hold no on, giant. Man. Why are you trying to act like we can't get triple fat gooses in the <laughs> South, No, bro. no. What I'm saying is because in Sandersville, Georgia. you see this guy, man? There, this, there was no real winters back then in the 80s. Or the 90s. Winter. It you was no mean? real winters. Like, don't, don't. The winter, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So why would you need a goose? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> for the goose, you play. But yeah. nah, so I had, so they didn't have no Giants uh, uh, jackets left, triple fat gooses left. So I got a Bengals one because the orange and black was tough. And y'all had just went to the Super Bowl against the uh, the Niners, I think. Yeah. Right. So you know, yeah. So I had the, the triple fat goose. It was cool. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I'm in this junior high school called Seventy Two. Man, these dudes. One day I leave school, and what they would do is they would kick everybody out the yard to 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 go outside after school was over. I stayed because I had to talk to a teacher. Some I'm outside, and this dude is like, "Yo, um, he's like, yo, uh, you had you got beef with my cousin." I don't know who your cousin is. He said, yeah, you do. You got beef with your cousin, with my cousin. So he came up to me. He was like, yeah, yeah, talk that shit now. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, matter of fact, he said, like, yo, take off your coat. Talk that shit now. So he goes to unzip my, my jacket. I'm like, they trying to steal my coat. <laughs> like, yeah, yo. So they did the old school joint where you go behind somebody and get on all fours and they try yeah. to push you. So yeah. they push me. But me being the athlete I am, I stepped over oh. the dude. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, I looked at the teacher, the security guard. I'm like, yo, somebody go out to get, you know, something gonna go down. And they're about to jump me. So they, my dudes couldn't come back in the gate. But eventually the teachers opened the gate and we all went outside. It's like, I got to take it outside. After my boys was there, ain't nothing happened. But, you know, I had the Bengals jacket. So after that, after I grew it, 
I ain't never rock with the Bengals no more because of the jacket, man. It's y'all read it's y'all Bengals <laughs> <laughs> jacket yeah, trying to jump me, man. <laughs> Two, you getting bullied at the playground. Listen, man, it was it was the fly the fly ass Bengals jacket, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Already. Already, I got the oh no, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I still I'm gonna tell you a crazy story too, though. Now I actually posted this on my Instagram. Younger, it was right. Hell, it had to be like mid-80s or something, late 80s. I wanted a starter coat, and I wanted the Atlanta Falcons. My mom was notorious for, like, buying stuff that we we would want. But it would just always get the wrong team, man. (laughs) And so, like, this is crazy, though. She actually bought me the Bengals coat, starter coat. Mm. And I, I and she took a picture of me in it. She bought my sisters the Yankees. So when I got drafted, and on the day like we did our celebration after I got drafted, she put this same picture that she took back in the late 80s with me in this starter coat. I got drafted first round, 13 pick to the Bengals. Yeah. She showed me this picture and she was like, Don't never say it's by accident. This was fake. Mm. And she was like, by the way. You always gonna be in debt for me not only giving you that name, but in order helping you to get drafted to the Bengals in the first round. You never can say no to me. So I was like, "Okay, right." We good. We good. (laughs) She spoke it into existence. Yeah, she did, man. Yeah, Carl, man. Hey, bro, but man, we appreciate the time, my dog, man. Thanks for dropping in on the BTM podcast show. And uh, anytime you want to come back, my brother. You just holler at us and let us know, man. We're going to make room for you. I'll definitely be back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. For sure. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.